I would like to say good evening to the class. My name is Felicia Hamilton, and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins, <clears throat> excuse me. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself 
because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. And like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims, excuse me, the primary aims of the school are as follows. Sorry. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, pre-sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose 
through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. Pedro Dominguez, followed by scripture, which will be Isaiah the fifth chapter read by Dr. Donna Gregory of our Saginaw, Michigan class. Dr. Dominguez. Good evening, class. Uh, let's all come to bow our hearts and minds and souls before the great name of Yahshua, the Messiah, Yahweh Elohim, and ask his, his um, ask for him to, to give us knowledge and understanding and the revelation of the true gospel, which was given to him, given to Dr. Ken, Ken Clifford Kinley, and that we can impart it into one another through this promotion of the script, study of the scriptures and to, um, to believe, in his, believe in his resurrection, his death burial, believe in his death burial resurrection with all our heart, with all our soul and all our mind and to call on him call on him for everything that and all even little bitty things just let him know that you love him and to give be thankful and humble in your heart that we have this gospel and that uh yashua will never leave us and yahweh elohim yashua i pray thank you hallelujah hallelujah good evening class good evening i'll be reading isaiah the fifth chapter I'll be reading that from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by the late A.B. Trainer of the Scripture Research Association. It's Isaiah chapter 5. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he hoped that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard 
I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be burned up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned, nor hold around, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain not upon it. For the vineyard of Yahweh of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold oppression, for righteousness, but behold iniquity. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no room, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the land. In mine ears, said Yahweh of hosts, of a truth many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yea, 10 acres of vineyard shall yield one bath and the seed of a homer shall yield, yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink that continue until night till wine inflame them. And the harp and the palstry, the tabret and flute and the wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of Yahweh, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people are led into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude painting with thirst, panting, I'm sorry, with thirst. Therefore, Sheol hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But Yahweh of hosts shall be exalted in judgment and Elohim that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. That say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. With justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of Yahweh of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of Yahweh kindled against his people, and he has stretched forth his hand against them and has smitten them, and the hills did tremble and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. 
and he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far and will whistle unto them from the end of the earth and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed nor the latchet of their shoes be broken whose arrows are sharp and all their bows bent. Their horses hoofs shall be counted like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. Their roaring shall be like a lion. They shall roar like young lions. Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey and shall carry it away safe and none shall deliver it. And in that day, they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one look unto the land, Behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. It was Isaiah chapter 5. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Dominguez, for the prayer, and Dr. Gregory for the scripture. And we want to once again welcome everyone out tonight to our class. We want to acknowledge our, our visiting brethren, we, and we really appreciate you joining and supping with us today. We also want to acknowledge our returning visitor, Simone. We welcome you and we thank you for joining us again. And for our, well, for our readers today, we'll have uh, Dr. Paula Brown and myself. And for our first speaker, or before I announce that, I apologize for two emails going out today uh, for today's session. We actually will not have green chart today. Uh, my, my voice is not up to par to doing that today, so we are actually going to just be calling on members um, from the class. So for our first speaker, we're happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Lewis? Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, um, I wasn't planning on being uh, working from a new computer, so just let me know if the sound goes out. Okay. Uh, it is a, an honor and pleasure to have anything to say about our Heavenly Father Yahweh as he really is and actually exists and um, come to these classes to learn more about his purpose, pattern, and plan. Um, and that's what these classes are set up, sorry, to do. Um, if one of the readers can go over and get for me um, John 14 and 26. That's John 14 and 26, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Get here. Let me get it, Paula. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, this is written in red letter. Yes. All right, so this would be indicating that it is the Messiah whom the world ignorantly calls Jesus Christ, if you can get me the name chart. 
um, is speaking here, which we more perfectly know by this divine vision and revelation, which was given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931, is that the true name of the creator is Yahweh. His divine title is Elohim, and the name of the Savior, or the Holy Spirit, manifested in the flesh, is Yahshua the Messiah. Now, this was just actually, I think, gone over maybe our um, Sunday class, and um, I, uh, well, I won't say typically, but um, yeah, I, I typically don't talk about um maybe pri uh, not private, but um, I guess, um, I don't know how this, um, maybe comments that are, have come from maybe people who have joined this or who have visited this class. Uh, most recently uh, had a relative who's been in the class before, um, came to our Zoom class on Sunday. Um, and after, um, a beautiful class that was painstakingly gone through uh, about um, the true name of the Heavenly Father being Yah. This is, this is things that you can find out through minor investigation, as it says in the moderation. So minor investigation um, that allow you to see that the title of Lord and God are just that. They're and they're erroneous. Our creator had a true name, a name that he came in. Now, this is what we're reading over here in uh, John 14 and 26. Now, over in John 14 and 26, it's saying, if you can read that again for me, Paula, but the comforter. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was sent in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Mm -hmm. All right. So now this is the world has called Jesus, but we know more properly is Yahshua the Messiah speaking. Now he's saying, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Now the Messiah is telling you there's going to be a comforter. That comforter is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father Yahweh, that's the true name of the Heavenly Father, is sending in a name. So one of the statements that my uh, cousin made was that they harp too much on the name. Okay? <clears throat> now we know, and then this is what's so funny, it's almost... <laughs> Yahweh really, when we say take the natural things to understand the spiritual things. Now, we know how important the name is physically. That's right. If it was important, if it wasn't important, then you put my name on your paycheck. I would love to have it. So something that simple you can take to kind of understand the importance of the name. You can call anything that you want to call it by anything you can't do that everything has a they do not change they do not change over time for a modern americanized rendition or whatever it is that they see out there i can't even keep up with anymore 
There is no modern rendition of Yahshua's name now converted to Jesus Christ. That's erroneous. Where has that concept come from? It's erroneous. It is false. It is not true. The reason why we take the time to explain the name of the creator is when you're, when you're first meeting someone or being introduced to something or someone, the first thing that they're giving you to is the, or giving you is the name. You have to have that name first. I can tell you all matter of things so-called about me, but if you don't know my name, then you really don't know me. On a side note, I have a neighbor who took the time to snow blow my yard. And so when I gave him a car, I actually, um, because I live in a new place, I've only been here maybe three, three months. And so when I went to write the car, I actually forgot his name from the first time that we met. And so I'm writing this card and the whole time I'm writing this card, I never mentioned the name. And I'm pretty sure that when he read the card, he probably was like, she probably forgot my name. <laughs> I'm almost pretty sure, you know, because when he responded back, he says, by the way, it's Andy. <laughs> so I know that he noticed that I did not remember his name. But when my neighbor and I first met, that was the first thing he gave me. He shook his, my hand and he gave me his name. He gave me his son's name. I gave him my name. I gave him my daughter's name. That's the introduction. So if your whole life you've been calling on the creator by Lord, which is an erroneous, it's a title. It's not a name first. God is a title. It's not a name. Jesus Christ is a name, but it is an erroneous name. There was no letter J in the Hebrew, Greek, or Latin languages um, during the time that the Messiah walked the earth playing, no letter J in them now. And there was no letter J in the English language until the 17th century, as it says right here on the chart. So it was impossible, not because we just don't want to use that erroneous name. It was impossible for the name to have been Jesus Christ. His name is Yahshua. That is the name of the Holy Spirit. It is Yahshua. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is, when you say harping on, you see all these things that we've been indoctrinated with over the years. The, and that's where, if it sounds harsh, we apologize. I apologize. But then again, I don't. I don't apologize for giving the truth because that's what's been given to us over this time. It's painstakingly unadulterated truth has been gone in. Yeah. And we would be out of the order to deviate and give you anything different. We give unto you what was freely given unto us. And that is the unadulterated truth of the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. So for you to have any understanding of who your creator is, you got to first know what his name is. We've been calling him the wrong thing for years. I, I, on, a, on a side note, and this is how I'm going to take something natural again to understand this name. I had an uncle for years, and people, people know this and know to know me, who wanted to call me Laura. It almost 
me crazy every time I would say my name is not Laura, it's Lauren. <laughs> it's not Laura, it's Lauren. So those are natural things that we can understand. We so particular about our names, how much more the creator of heaven and earth. So the reason we take the time to go through the name is because that is the first step in you truly knowing your creator as he really is and actually exists. Mm -hmm. So the true name of the heavenly father is Yahweh. His divine title is Elohim. I'm sorry, go back to that name Yahweh. Now that Yahweh, that name Yahweh comes from the verb to be, if I'm not mistaken. His divine title that he chose for himself. That's the title that Yahweh chose for himself. Elohim is a pluralistic title, which means almighty. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. My internet is unstable, so it keeps going a little bit in and out. Um, <clears throat> so Yahweh is the father. And that Yahweh comes from the verb to be. Elohim is his divine title that he chose from it for himself. That divine title means the almighty. And then Yahshua, <clears throat> Yahshua the Messiah means Yahweh is salvation. So Yahweh, who is, is, who is the creator, is to be the almighty savior this is what this name means it's not That's three funny. separate names you see and the way that you can understand it is if you look at that name yahweh and it talks about and even if you look at the description or the pictorial illustration at the bottom of that chart yahweh in his pure spirit state is substance is essence what does that mean everything that is made up of derived from spirit or Yahweh. So it's the substance of everything. Mm. Yahweh in this pure spirit state is formless. He's without shape and form. Or as it says over there, um, I believe in volume one, uh, page 50, talked about it being abstract in this pure spirit state. <clears throat> So in the process of taking on shape and form, because Yahweh knew that we could not understand him in this pure spirit state, because our five senses could not recognize him in this pure spirit state. <clears throat> if, if pure spirit is abstract abstraction, excuse me, then with your five senses, you're not able to pick up that. You can't see mm -hmm. it, touch it, smell, hear taste i don't know did i miss one <laughs> i can't remember but you get what i'm saying it's abstract it's invisible or like it says in the matter incomprehensible inscrutable you can't comprehend them in this pure spirit state you can't go and look in the cloud and scrutinize it you can't do that he's abstract in this pure spirit state so in the process or because of the love of his offspring, knowing that we could not understand him in this pure spirit state, as it says in parenthesis, formless, 
He's without shape and form in this state. Mm -hmm. In the process and for the love of his offspring, which is you and I, mm -hmm. he takes on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. This is what is known as the word or son. So as it was gone through in great detail on Sunday, <clears throat> and that's what Yahweh is showing. A lot of times people say, you say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> that is how Yahweh teaches by repetition. Isn't that how we teach our children? By repetition. There's nothing new under the sun. So all these things work and apply in our regular life. But when it comes to learning something about your creator, that doesn't apply. You right. see how foolish we have been? And just like I said to my cousin when I talked to her, I said, the only difference between us and this other cousin is that Yahweh has turned on the light for us. He's given us an understanding. And that's the difference. If he does not quicken you or give you an understanding, then we will be lost just like so many other worlds. So this is not a boastful thing. If anything, it should give you, it should give you major humility to know that there was nothing that you did to earn this, but that found mercy and grace and just allowed you to understand. So now Yahweh in the process of taking on shape and form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim or the word or son. This is what you see in your Bible oftentimes, and you can get a few examples of that um, over in um, Isaiah, what's it, Isaiah 1 and 1, Isaiah 2 and 1, you know, where it mm -hmm. talks about the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, um, mm -hmm. also get for me Proverbs 29 and 18 mm -hmm. as well. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's Isaiah 2 and 1. Mm -hmm. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos saw concerning judah and jerusalem that's a good one not saying the word that he saw mm -hmm. you see him saying now <clears throat> in, in 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 the world they would tell you that the world is the word is your bible right. but we know that the word wasn't back there flapping i mean talking about the bible wasn't back there flapping around so what word is it that in this scripture isaiah it says that the word that he saw what word did he see Give me another example, please. Mm -hmm. um, Isaiah 1 and 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Here's another account of a vision. He's talking about he saw the word. You see him saying? What is it that he saw? What is he talking about? Hold that for me and grab over there Exodus 24 and 9. What is it that they saw? See, this is not a figment of their imagination. Thank you for switching. This is not a figment of their imagination. What is it that they saw? Oh, oh, they didn't really see anything back there. That was just a shadow. Where did you get that from? Let's read what it says in the scripture. Exodus 24 and 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 of the elders of Israel. And he saw the Elohim of Israel. And All right, so now right here on this chart is giving you a pictorial illustration of what Dr. Brown is reading right now. It says, then went up Moses, you have him at the top of Mount Sinai right here. 
says panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses, 1490 BY. So it says, then went up Moses, then you have Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, which is Aaron's two sons, and the 70 elders of Israel. Mm -hmm. And it says a vision. You see this white light that is pointing from the 70 elders of Aaron up here to Elohim. Vision of Elohim in a corporeal form. This is what they're seeing. Read on. Then went up Moses. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 other elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel, and, they, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paid work of a sapphire stone. Now they're describing. It's, it's not mm -hmm. describing what they're seeing. It says these 74 men saw the Elohim of Israel and under his feet, so he has feet, mm -hmm. there was a sapphire stone. Read on. And as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. Now he has a body. So he got feet and he has a body. Read on. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand, and now and he has hands. So he has mm -hmm. hands, body, and a feet. What they're seeing is an image of a man. Right. Now he says this is him in his incorporeal. And during the transcript that we went over the um, other day, he talked about that incorporeal and super incorporeal. Incorporeal simply means without the body or without the flesh. Corporeal is the flesh. Super incorporeal is above. Okay, so let's do it this way. He says incorporeal is um, without the body or like the angels. Let's put it like that. Okay. And so he says Yahweh Elohim is super incorporeal. So he's even above those angels in that incorporeal. He's super incorporeal. And right as it's in this chart. He's manifested in visions. That's why we got those vision examples. He was manifested to Moses. We just read over here in Exodus 24, 9 and 10. He was manifested to Moses. He was also manifested to John and the prophets. Also, this is the same Elohim that they saw there in that Mount Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. All right? <clears throat> so that same Yahweh that's in his pure spirit state, which is abstract, because he knew we couldn't understand him in that state, in the process of taking on form right within himself for the love of his offspring, which is you and I, if you can go back to that name chart, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the process of taking on shape and form, now he's seen in visions and revelations. This is what they saw. This Eloistic form is what they saw back here when they talked about the word came unto me saying, or the word that I saw concerning Judah. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Concerning Judah and Jerusalem. All right. So this is what they saw. And so this self-same word then Yahweh broke himself down even further and manifested in the flesh. Yahshua the Messiah. I actually really love this chart. Now, sometimes I realize I don't even spend a lot of time focusing on it, but it's like the best in the world. 
<laughs> almost to kind of understand this unity of the spirit. You see, now, if you look here at step three, all it says is with Yahshua is the physical form of Yahweh. All Yahweh did was broke himself down, being seen in visions. And remember, we couldn't understand them in that pure spirit state. Being seen in visions and in revelations. And then further broke himself down and came further down in a physical body manifested in the flesh to redeem the world from the sins where we fall all the way back there from that first man, Adam, as Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So Yahweh just simply stepped into a physical body and did the work. Not the concept of what the world says that God just sent his little boy to go down there and handle all these problems that we created down here in the world. That's not how that is. I oftentimes use this analogy from the movie um, Bruce Almighty. You see, everybody remember that movie when, and I love because it it's the best analogy. I was just telling someone about this at work, and they were like, "I never looked at it that way. I never saw it that way." This goes right back to what I first said: unless Yahweh turns the light on, none of us would see it. None of us would understand it. But in that movie, you know, when he was given, he was, to make a long story short, went to a warehouse to meet God. Remember, he had an appointment to come meet God, you know? And so he goes to meet God. And when he comes into this warehouse, he sees a janitor, Morgan Freeman in a janitor outfit, uniform, cleaning up. He's working. What we said that Yahweh did is he came in, took on shape and form, right himself as Yahweh, and began his work. You see, that's so he's working. OK, he's in this janitor outfit and then he tells him, I have an appointment, you know, to see God, whatever. He says, well, you need to go up. So Morgan Freeman tells him, go up. You need to be elevated. So then he goes up to the second level or wherever it is. And when he goes up there, this new area is completely bright white, almost to depict heaven like. <clears throat> and who do you see there? The same Morgan Freeman that you saw down there cleaning is now upstairs in what would be a more glorified suit. Showing you right there in the movie is that with our creator, it wasn't three separate or to this entity doing this and God's little boy and his little helper and his, his little chief. And it wasn't that. It was literally Yahweh stepped into a physical body and accomplished our salvation through Yahshua Messiah by dying, burying, and resurrecting, being crucified out there on that cross. He redeemed us or brought us back right from where the man fell, which was in his conscience. All right, back there like that with uh, Adam. <clears throat> so this is the things that we learn here in this school. We wouldn't have known it on our own. Yahweh gave us the understanding you had years of indoctrinated lies. So it's the repetition, it's the teaching. If that seems to be a harping in of the name, it's necessary for you to truly know your creator. You first have to know his name, know who he is, because the name holds a meaning. It holds a purpose, it holds a mission. It's behind that name. <clears throat> 
We have tons of other speakers. I wasn't planning on being called. So I am going to stop right now and let someone else pick it up. But what I want to say is that if it does not be for Yahweh turning on the light, illuminating your understanding, none of us would get this. So it doesn't mean to be a boastful thing. We, we know you're boastful in the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? But not boastful as anything that you did. It's by grace and mercy that we are saved and that we have this understanding. And with those words, I'll say thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. Hallelujah. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call from our Saginaw, Michigan class, Dr. Keith Gregory. Dr. Gregory? like to say good evening class good evening a little under the weather but always glad to give a testimony uh about what i've learned in this class and i was listening to the first speaker and i was feeling all 63 years after shoveling the snow today and uh <laughs> <laughs> what she was sharing was really uplifting mm -hmm. pardon me and remind us that we don't take any of this for granted and to be uh grateful that we're blessed to see this vision and revelation. Um, I just need a reader to give me John 14 and 27. Those of us who've been in class a long time, we, we listen to this moderation. And when the gospel being preached in its integrity and truth is in all of the schools, giving honor and glory to Yahweh and Yahshua. But something that we really need today is peace. So mm -hmm. could you get John 14 and 27 for me, reader? That's John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto mm -hmm. I'm sorry, we had a little interruption on our end, but I, I wanted mm -hmm. you to hold there. The uh -huh. reason why it's so important that we realize the blessing of the moderation is because it's a lesson unto itself, each and every class. And as we look today in the world of chaos that we have, peace is not everywhere. There are so many things going on within households, things I've never seen people do to each other, um, things that people are okay with does not indicate peace. Our watchword is peace because we know that the only peace we can have is in our Messiah, Yahshua Messiah. Go ahead and read. And that's the 28th verse. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, you would rejoice because I said I go unto the Father for my Father is greater than I. And now I have oh. told you before. Mm -hmm. So what I just want, want to share is some of the things that we talk about at Saginaw is understanding what Yahshua's purpose was. What they are telling us, I think, was uh, give for me but the comfort is the Holy Spirit. And, and what I've been realizing lately is that th this physical tabernacle has continued to have aches and problems, but the spirit is being healed when the gospel is being preached. 
and this is what we talk about our immortal glorification in the new earth state is that we're coming here to save our soul. And I just want to, I, just before we go on, my sister recently joined the class and she's been coming. So even though we think family members have heard this gospel, it's for an appointed time. The vision is for an appointed time for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's such a blessing that Yahweh has decided to bring her in and she's still attending. So when we talk about things that we know for surety, the name, the tabernacle pattern, that we move and have our being within Yahweh. These things are not to be taken lightly. These are things that indicate that you're a son and that you're receiving a blessing every time this gospel is being preached. Go ahead and read for me, please. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was sent in my name, he okay, shall teach so, you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I want to be some interrupting okay. because when someone is saying, well, why do you think about the name? Let me tell you, I grew up in Detroit. And when I couldn't afford Converse and I had to wear winners, there was a difference in the name of those shoes. Mm -hmm. When I couldn't afford those, like people call them true religions, you put stock on everything physical with a name. But when it That's comes right. to your creator and your salvation, you can't be laissez-faire. You can't just say it doesn't matter. It does matter because you need to know who you're going to be saved by and in what name. Go ahead and read. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have so, said now, unto you. Thank you, Dr. Brown. So what I, I would like to share there is this. A lot of times when you're, you're coming to, to speak, you don't have anything planned, which means the Holy Spirit is doing the teaching. And that's what's most important. When you visit these classes, People will tell you nine times out of 10, I just came to listen. I didn't think I was getting called on. And your duty as a son is to say, but I know a little something. He's given me this. Because no matter where you are, that peace has to be within you. That name has to be in you. You have to be able to recognize that Yahweh is how you move and have your brain. When you go, no matter how softly I say that, we all know that if you listen to the still and peace in your mind that you hear Yahweh giving you animation. So now if he's giving you animation and if he's girding you before you knew him and he's taking care of you now, isn't it just a humbling experience to say, I am so pleased to know that your name is Yahweh and that mm. your son whom you sent in his name will bring me peace and comfort. Read. Mm. Did we lose you, Ms. Brown? I'm just um, talking. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> muted. <laughs> That's okay. John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it that be is, afraid. I'm sorry, that is so beautiful to me. Let your heart not be troubled because there is no man out here that can assure you that you're going to have good credit. Mm 
that your car is not going to break down, that your rent won't be late. I don't worry about any of those things because you know what? Joshua gives me peace. Can I have Isaiah 45 and 5? Mm -hmm. And, and I what I just want to share with the brother, which is so beautiful, is that I really was under the weather. But, you know, there's no better food than the gospel. Yes. And uh, all of the items that I had been moved aside so I could share my testimony. And I'm mm. so blessed to be able to attend your class and know that I have brethren that understand yes. how important this gospel is. Please. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 45 and 5. Mm -hmm. Yes. I am Yahweh and there is no Wait. else. Wait. He's declaring who he is. I am Yahweh. God is a title. So when you see it in the King James Bible, it says, I am God. That is not a name. He wants credit. You look in your hand, you see that why he has signed his creation through the branches in the trees, through the roots of the trees, through the waves going in and coming out. He has signed his creation because he wants you to know he is Yahweh. There is none else. Read. I am Yahweh and there is none else. There is no Elohim beside me. All right there. There is in King James that say there is no God beside me or no mm -hmm. Lord. I don't have it in front of me, but here is a key component. Mm -hmm. There is no harping on things that are factual and that necessary to know. Mm -hmm. If he says, I'm Yahweh, there is none else. That's it. That's all. That's what she wrote. Okay. That's what he means. Yahweh makes it clear. But as the last speaker said, he still has to illuminate you so that you know that this is the truth. And the thing about a research organization means that you search and you research and you search. Now, what I would like to have read for me is mythology. And I need you to find the definition of ology and the definition of myth. Now, some of us have been, they're separate too. Some of us, when we growing up back in the days when we had physical newspaper, people couldn't start their day until they went and see what their horoscope said. <laughs> What's going, what, is, what is possible for Gemini today or Libra or Scorpio and talk about the characteristics. Mm -hmm. So give me the definition of mythology first. And I might be the mm -hmm. second one that I need, but read, read everything you have and I'll tell you. Okay, so this is mythology from uh, dictionary.com. It is a body of myth, myth as that of a particular people or that relating to a particular person. Second, myths collectively, the science or study of myths, a set of stories, traditions, or beliefs associated with a particular group or the history of an event arising naturally or deliberately fostered, which means false. Right. And another dictionary did say false. And the reason why I bring out mythology is this. Ology means the study of, and myth means what it just says, something false. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have the truth, you fall for a lie. There is no mm -hmm. in-between. Either it's the truth or a lie. There's no such thing as a little white lie or a little half-truth or alternate facts. Is either true or is not. <laughs> this slogan for our school is speak the truth. Not to hurt your feelings, not to make you feel bad, so that you would know. So you know who your creator is, because that is life eternal. And so when we say the names are important, 
And every class starts with an in-depth revelation about the names and the titles and things that you've been taught. That is one of the most important lessons you can ever receive in this gospel. It is important. The first time I shared it with my sister, she mocked it. I don't know who is this and why is it? And she was angry. 30 some years later, she has a holy name Bible. See, Yahweh will turn you around and make it clear to you at the appointed time he has for you. Right. All I can do is thank him because Yahweh is the one, not me bringing the class, not Dr. Gregory bringing her in class. Yahweh calls his children home. And if you looked at the world events right now, you cannot tell me that you think things are going to turn around and get better. There's nothing indicating that at all. The way things are, we need peace, we need truth, and we need a comforter. Mm -hmm. So I just want to share my testimony. As I said before, I wasn't feeling that good, but when the gospel started getting preached, it really does bring healing and it brings comfort and peace. And so with those few words, I hope anything I said has helped anyone. And I'd just like to say thank you for letting me share my testimony, peace and love in Yahshua. Mm -hmm. Dr. Gregory, I just want to read the last two definitions, and this is myth, not mythology. Myth, an imaginary or fictitious thing or person. That's what I wanted. unproved or false collective belief that is used to justify a social institution. Thank you so much. That's exactly mm -hmm. where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. So again, hope someone got something out of that, but please pay mm -hmm. attention to this revelation, to this vision in front of you and ask Yahshua for the revelation. He will give it to you and increase as long as you ask in sincerity and truth and peace. Thank you all. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Gregory. Enjoyed that. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call from our South in Michigan class, Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Lewis? Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, I was uh, sitting here thinking, oh, wow. I think I'm a, you know, I'm really enjoying class and whatnot. And then your name is called and your heart skips a beat. Anyhow, <laughs> I am always grateful and uh, just glad to be part of this uh, divine vision and revelation. And I uh, truly enjoyed the previous speakers. You know, I appreciate the words that they said. Uh, it was sincerely from their heart. And as they were talking, that was thinking of the basic things that we learned in this teaching. It's so phenomenal. And, um, you know, it, we can't do anything with it. Um, I just appreciate hearing those things that are so concrete and so definite and so sincere, you know, the different speakers to get up on the floor uh, uh, or on this format even and uh, testify to the things that our great heavenly father, Yahweh through his son, Yahshua has shared with us. And uh, as the previous speaker is saying, we would not know these things, save it be for Yahshua not revealing them, you know, to us in the simplicity that he has. You know, I'm so grateful to hear, you know, as the last speaker was saying about his sister even, and so many times that we think that someone may not really accept this gospel, but again, Yahweh has it as an appointed time. 
Now, there are many that will not accept it. And he already had prophesied that through our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley. But he endeavored still to preach this gospel. He says, it's our, um, can't remember, you know, I'll paraphrase it, our duty to preach. Indispensable duty. Mm -hmm. Indispensable duty to to preach it when we receive it. Because it was not, Ours at first, it was always his, and he gave it willingly. He gave it to those that he has chosen from the foundation of the world. And I'll just say it, you know, I'll just say what was told to me that has stuck in my mind for many, many years coming into this teaching. As a young person, I believe I was 20-something, having my first child. And... I'm telling you the things that I heard then, and as the time has gone on and different occurrences and the growth that Yahweh was developing me in this teaching, my brother, Dr. Eugene Brazil stated to me, and I'll never forget this. He says, you are, he was talking about some issues I had on my job. And he told me that you are Sometimes we, I'm trying to remember exactly how he said it, is the only Yahweh that those around you will see. You're it. What comes out of your mouth, the only preaching that they hear of this is from you. Not you, like myself, sharing the person I'm so important. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that those that Yahweh has given this understanding to It is our indispensable duty because you're the only one that knows it. Let's say in the environment that you're in, let's say in your entire family, on your entire job. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make us any special, just like the children of Israel. They were chosen as a people that Yahweh wanted to use and show his power through. So he chooses who he desires to choose. So if you know something, that's why we who now have been in this teaching for, we're growing up in this teaching, still growing. We're still all children. There's no big eyes or little use, but we understand the indispensable duty. As the previous speaker has stated, you know, sometimes you feel like you don't know what to say and you don't. We all think when we go through these formats, when we sit down in class, oh, if they call on me, what am I gonna say? You know, it runs through our head. And the only thing we can say and ask for at that time is Yahweh speak through me what you would have me to go through. Because this is Yahshua's teaching. This is not our own. So with that said, I just want to go through what he has showed me. You know, and I'm so proud and so privileged to know it. This teaching is a result of a divine vision and revelation. So when you say that all the time, it's important to say it. It's the product of a divine vision and a divine revelation. It was given to the founder of this school, Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley, in the year of 1931 in Springfield, Ohio. And Dr. Kenley stated that he had a divine vision from the creator himself don't believe me because I said it, but make me prove it to, until, to your satisfaction. You see, that's what was told. That's what I remember. That's what I learned coming into this teaching. 
We say these things because, and we reiterate them, because there could be a new person, a first time visitor, a second or a hundredth and thousand time visitor. We are learning every day and it doesn't matter how long we've been in this school. Yahweh will open up your understanding after 50 years, like you have just heard something and you've heard it every year in those 50 years, but it never registered. You never knew it until he said, now understand it, it's revealed. So this is Yahweh's work in his purpose. This school has been on three ecclesiastical peace missions. It's gone through heads of states, renowned people, been to the Vatican, rolled down the chart in the Vatican. Dr. Kinley explained what took place. The Pope is in closed quarters, but the ones that represented or came out and met with the delegation of this class, Cardinal Gramilia stated when the chart was rolled down, I see you used the true name of the creator. I could have paraphrased that. I can't recall that much now, exactly how it was said. You see, but saw the name Yahweh on the chart and had to confess at that time in 60, I'm not sure of the year, 167, I'm not sure exactly what year it was that they were at the Vatican, but it's all in our Elohim book. And then the years was out there too, if you want to grab it quickly. But nevertheless, that is what he has stated. And says the Pope was watching in closed circuit TV. And that Cardinal Gramilia was the one that has stated that. And at that time, they were using Lord God and Jesus Christ. And was also pointed out to members of this class that they know the name. You know, many preachers who have gone through seminary school that we come to understand cemetery school, <laughs> you know, when you really have a play on words, they do any minor investigation. That's what we say right now, we show you that the name wasn't Lord, the name wasn't God, those are titles. And his name was not Jehovah. I just heard a preacher on TV the other day actually said what I first time heard in one of these schools. Jehovah is a bastardization. You see, so they know that of the name of Yahweh, you see. And uh, it's just the things because of this negative spirit, it was purpose. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do, you see. So stating that over there in the Vatican, if you, we always said, if it was stated, I see you use the true name, well then what is that in reality saying that he's using? Speaking of the Vatican or the Cardinals and the Popes and the ministers, if Yahweh is the true name, you see, then people wanna say it doesn't matter what you call him. That is a lie. And as it was stated, we teach the truth down here. It does matter what you call them. Let me have over there where it says over there in Acts when he says there is no other name. You see, because Yahweh, um, he, he, he's, he never went by a lot of names. 
the son, Yahshua Messiah, manifested in the flesh. It was just one name. He talked about he come in his father's name. You see? You see, it's, it's really no argument. And a detail, a minor investigation would prove to you that his name was impossible to be Jesus. There was no J in the Hebrew language. There was no J in the Greek language, the Latin language, you see. So his name at the time that the physical body of Yahshua walked on the earth plane, it could not have been Jesus, you see. No J in the Greek or Hebrew, not in the English language until some 1400 years of the 17th century, you see? And that was through by this divine vision. But guess what? You can pull that up and prove it to yourself. You can see it, you can find it out as factual. You can go to the archives of your history. You go back to your English school lessons and you know that the J was the 10th letter of the English alphabet and it was inserted between two other Latin what the I and the K, I can't remember which, how it says, yep. but mm -hmm. it was inserted, mm -hmm. you see. It was a Johnny come lately. It was just a hook. Even the way that Yahweh had that J to come, it derived from the I, from the Y, then it was the I, and then later to the J. And so this is just gonna hook you. And as it talks about in John 5.43, I come in my father's name and you receive me not, this is Joshua Messiah talking, but let another come in his own name, Jesus, Jehovah, Adonai, Baal, you name it, it's tons of them out there. Then he you will receive. That was a prophetic utterance and it came to pass. It is true, Not debatable. A lot of times people want to debate because they just like to hear themselves talk and they don't know and they know they don't know. So they want to present to the world that they're smart. An example of that was, I hate, I'll just say it, but the example of that was Whoopi Goldberg just recently, just talking. She didn't mean no harm, she's just talking. But talk about factual things if you're going to talk and make a statement. That's what's getting the world in a lot of trouble nowadays with everything being uncovered and everything that you say is under the microscope. It's a different world. But back to our point is that Yahweh is the true name of the creator, always has been and always will be. Mm -hmm. There's no changing that. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But that has always been the creator's name before time existed. Now the time is in the three ages of time that is existing. And once Yahweh takes this creation back into himself, his name will still be Yahweh. Mm -hmm. The whole creation testifies to it, including yourself. And it's a minor, a minor investigation. You can prove it. You can be proven to you. 
I've been talking lately and thinking in my mind about truths. That was what one of the speakers, they talked about the name and then they talked about the peace and then they talked about the truth, then the comforter. And I was just, I was writing down these, na these names as they were going through it. First speaker talked in great deal about the name, the importance of it, the seriousness of it, the indisputation of it, with no uncertain terms, the examples that were used, no uncertain terms, you see. We're saved in that name. And the second speaker goes on to talk about the peace. There's no peace in this world. You know, what we need now. And he talked about the truth. And it made me think of what we hear so much now of your truth and my truth. Like there is no truth in the world. Well, we're here to tell you there is a truth. And Yahweh is the truth. Yahshua Messiah comes in. There's no lie in him. There's no gal in him. Nothing but truth. You see, and that's what he preached. And that's what we're going to preach. Save Yahshua Messiah be in us. That's why we're so thankful is because he has to be in us to keep it straight. He has to be, you see. So anyhow, did I have a scripture? Mm -hmm. Acts 4 and 12. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. I remember when I heard in one of these schools, it says, neither is there salvation in any other name. Mm -hmm. And the speaker says, so if that's a true statement, then there's only one name you can be saved in. Now, whatever's in your Bible, you better make sure that's the right one, because there's only one. You see, neither is there salvation in any other. Right. You see. Mm -hmm. So um, these things are really, really important. Mm -hmm. See, there's no lie. There's no gal in him. Yahshua is the spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. And what we've come to understand and to know is that Yahweh manifested in that body. He came on down. It's the self-same one. This is the father in bodily form. This is Yahweh. If you can go back, okay, uh, I see what you're pointing to is real, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, on this particular chart, pure spirit, you know, and we have this cloud is denoting uh, that pure spirit state of Yahweh. So you can't see them, you can't understand them in this state. I'm telling you, people, it's so pretty. I don't even know. It's like, how do we, who has the right to say these things that we're saying? <laughs> you know, they're esoteric. They are mind-blowing. Yahweh, in pure spirit, this was the creator himself. Nothing existed before him. He always existed. Yeah, I need you to go back. I need you to go to the Moses chart. Because mm -hmm. he always existed 
And uh, I'm just a short testimony from me because I, it's like, what else do you say? I mean, what can, how can we, how, how can we talk about this great Yahweh? So he has to give it to you. And I'm telling you, I think somebody said it not too long ago on one of these forms of speaker that said, you never, we never, we never get tired of this. It's like, how many times I've been in this school for 44 years. And it still amazes me. Sometimes I can pick up the book and hear something, look at these charts, and it's amazing. You, it has never dimmed. It is never unexciting. It is never a joy to hear, never not a joy to hear it. You see, it's amazing. So here we have on this chart, when these charts was drawn, this is the vision in pictorial form. Dr. Kenley, who stated he had the vision, had these charts drawn up. And we know the story about it. His son, R.P. Kenley, was the one that was drawing them. And they had them drawn on bed sheets. They used to use oil paint, I believe, and turpentine to, they make a mistake, to wipe it out. It was a, 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 a task to draw these charts. And the story I recall is that Dr. Kenley would tell him the vision and he goes about to draw the charts and if he, Dr. Kenley would leave and come back and say, no, that's not right. Because he's drawing it from Dr. Kenley's explanation. And he did that so many times and had to, Dr. Kenley would say, you have to rub that out. So he had to rub it out with turpentine or from, using oil paints, if I'm not mistaken, trying to remember the actual story. And then one day he said, was it Clifford? Or am I saying it right? Clifford or RP, one of them, RP Kinley, who was drawing the charts. And he told Dr. Kinley, I'm sorry. That's RP. Okay. And he told Dr. Kinley, well, just give me the vision. Let me see what you saw. And if I'm not misunderstanding, Dr. Kinley gave him that vision. Yahweh allowed him to see it. And he was able to draw these charts. See, because they're, 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 it's your Bible in pictorial form, but they're spiritually discerned. See, the things that are put together on these charts is unbelievable. And just looking at it would tell you that it wasn't a mere man's imagination. So he had this particular chart drawn and he showed that orange cloud all around this chart, which symbolizes spirit. The point of this orange cloud around it is that everything on this chart or everything within that spirit, everything in Yahweh is within spirit. So the cloud is denoting Yahweh or pure spirit, you see. So it says up at the very top, Yahweh is spirit manifesting within the clouds, symbolizing eternity. You see, the dwelling place of Yahweh. And Dr. Kinley talked about that they were uh, within that pure spirit state, contained the sum total of the nine principal divine attributes. Listen to what I said, the sum total. When nothing else, when no other wisdom left out hanging somewhere, 
No other parts of intelligence or knowledge left anywhere. The sum total of each one of these attributes or the total completeness of these attributes was contained within this cloud. You see, that's what that was. And he also talked about these attributes make up our soul. It's amazing, people. It's amazing. But these attributes came together in a set position. This is on this chart. This is this is the process. I mean, we're we're hearing and learning about Yahweh, our creator, as he really is and actually exists. We're delving into the supernal nature, his divine makeup. You're talking about being introduced to your creator. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And she put up this 40 plate chart, the divine pattern of the universe, which everything goes according. This, this makeup of Yahweh, you see, encompasses everything created, seen, unseen, known, unknown, any invisible particles you can think of, everything goes according to this divine makeup, you see. It's just amazing. So those nine principal divine attributes come together in a set form, seen only in divine visions and revelations known as Elohim. In other words, people, he just moved. He moved from one state into another. It didn't take all of that pure spirit in that cloud representing the pure spirit, it didn't take all of that to form the super incorporeal body of Elohim or form, shape and form of Elohim. And Moses back there on that other chart says, he went up and this is what he saw. Moses was describing that. If you can go back to the Moses chart. See, because he is actually describing that. Then it went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders. I'll just quote it. That's in Exodus, the 24th chapter, 9 and 10. So 74 people saw what this Elohim, Yahweh, or Elohim in shape and form. Can you get that for me, please? Exodus 24. That's Exodus 24 and 9. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel. And he saw the Elohim of Israel. Mm -hmm. And there was under his feet, as it were, a pavework of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. So they were seeing a vision a body of heaven in its clearness, you see, 74 men. So even how these charts are drawn, I like to always point out, you know, especially when we have visitors, that white part of that chart, panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses. You see Moses laying on the ground. And then you see the three Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel at the base of that mount. And they went up 
vision of Elohim in incorporeal form to those men. And they saw that, you see. And then what's this chart is showing that they're cut off from, they only saw that Elohim him transfigure into that. And Moses is the one that sees the rest of the story. You see, that's why it, you know, it's shaped in this key form. <laughs> it's just so much, you can't tell it all. You really can't tell it all. The skeleton key of what this chart looks like, this part here, because it unlocks every door that there is. You know, every door. Can you show that, Dr. Hamilton, the key? I don't know if you can draw all of that yes. around there. Yes. But mm -hmm. I, I remember when I first saw that, you know, it really looks like a skeleton key. Mm -hmm. She highlights that entire area, yeah. you see. And, and we were always told that, you know, a skeleton key unlocks every door. It's a master key. And that's what this vision and revelation is. It's a master key. It unlocks so here. everything. Mm -hmm. Starts here and then you go here and you come down. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. This is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. you see? Yahweh is awesome and he's revealing his story to us. So this Yahweh took on shape and form as Elohim. And then later he manifested. Now, now that coming down, that process right there, being pure sphere, taking on shape and form, is a type of a coming down or death, if you would. He moved from the pure immaculate state of spirit and took on a super incorporeal shape and form. It's still... It's not flesh and blood, it's incorporeal, you see. That's what he did. And then he showed how that that was Elohim, who is the archetype original pattern of the universe. So if you can't understand that, he manifested or transformed into the threefold and tangible sanctuary. I'm hearing something. I don't know what it is. You're not ringing the bell, are you? No, no. I don't okay. know where that's coming from. All right. That must have been back on. You see. And then he showed him day by day logical sequences of the creation of heaven and earth and all that there was. You see. So he was seeing a vision. That's what he was seeing. So this was like coming out of that pure spirit state into shape and forms looks like a digressing or taking on shape, taking, you know, coming into the flesh or the shape and form and then later in flesh. Now what happened up here had to be manifested with Yahshua the Messiah, you see? So then he was a death in the beginning. He had to come in and manifest that by going to the cross, you see? So Yahweh has just always been there. He has always been in the mix. He has always been around. He has always been here. He's never left his creation. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's just a beautiful thing. Let's go back to the, um, again, you go to the elementary chart for me. Now, 
Now he manifested. We look at this chart on the pattern and plan of salvation. Our savior did a work for us. And he is the only one that we can be saved in. I, you know, I just got to go right back to the name for a moment. Um, sometimes you hesitate on saying certain things. I heard recently, I read recently, that um, I read recently that Dr. Kenley is our savior. I just, I just have to say it. And Dr. Kenley was the founder of the school. He said he had that divine vision and revelation, you know, and he never professed to be our savior. He needed a savior as well. But now we know what was manifested in that body. So when someone says we harp too much on the name, so Yahweh said that there is power in the name of Yahweh through his son, Yahshua. There is power. It's the power of salvation. The name Yahweh through his son, Yahshua. Yahshua is the savior. Right within his name is salvation. Shua means salvation. So this is what we have now. We have the name of Yahweh. We have, we have the power in the name of Yahshua. This is what you and I as sons have. Power in the name Yahshua. So it's very important for us to know that his name is the only name for salvation because it's power in it, you see? Now, he displayed that and manifested that throughout the Bible stories that he saves. Over there in Isaiah, it talks about Yahweh is the only Savior. Yahshua Messiah comes in his father's name. Shua means salvation. So it's the self-same thing. Yahshua is Yahweh manifested in a physical body. That's who, that's who he is. He no longer has that manifestation in a physical body unless it's in you or me. You see? He manifested in that body to do what could not be done otherwise. So what Yahweh did is that he had types and he had shadows. He had allegories. That's all of our Bible stories. That's the history, Yahweh's story, types and shadows and allegories. And they were all pointing to Yahshua the Messiah or Yahweh coming in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah. Because it was Yahweh that was always doing it. But he purposed a body that would carry out the work. The body that of Yahshua Messiah would take the place of all the types and shadows. The body of Yahshua Messiah would be that scapegoat. It would be the only worthy sacrifice. It was the only thing that was acceptable. In Isaiah 1 and 1, it talks about Yahweh, I believe it's Isaiah 1 and 1. Yahweh hated 
never did want all of the bullocks and the goats and the blood of that. It was just a type. It was just an allegory. It was just an example. But the true dove or the true bullock, the true sacrifice will be Yahshua the Messiah. That's what this is all about. You see, I see your five minutes. You see, that's what it's all about is Yahshua the Messiah. So go over there for me again on the Moses chart. I'm sorry, the elementary chart. All of these Bible stories, or these historical stories, if you would, every last one of them, represents a form of salvation. Every last one of them. I've been given the five-minute bell, so I don't have time to go into them. But every last one of them represents salvation. It was a circumstance that Yahweh brought him out of, starting with the Garden of Eden. You know, he being a type or Adam representing Yahshua and Messiah, you know, and them discarding and thrown out of the Garden of Eden, or him dying for his bride. That was Yahshua and Messiah. That was a type of Yahshua and Messiah. Noah entering into the ark. The ark represented Yahshua and Messiah. All mankind was going to die if they were not in the ark. The ark was salvation for them. The eight souls that was in it, that represented Yahshua and Messiah. Abraham and Isaac, he had to offer up his son. Yahweh told him to. Take your son, your only son, offer him up to me. The angel stayed his hand because Abraham believed. So the angel stayed his hand and was told to Abraham, Yahweh will prepare himself a sacrifice. So with salvation there. The migratory pattern, the children of Israel in the land of um, Egypt, and the death decree completely in harsh bondage. You know, they had to come up out of that land and they had to take out that lamb. That lamb represented Yahshua and Messiah. Going through the Red Sea represented Yahshua and Messiah. And the thing was about this migratory pattern on Sunday, we had a speaker talk about Joshua, the son of Nun, and who was right down there with them. Yahweh was always with them. He says, certainly I will be with you when he sent Moses back down there. And he was the one that Moses conferred with back and forth to Pharaoh. It was, yeah, it was Joshua or Yahshua, the son of Nun, who played Egypt. Right down there with them. They come out into the wilderness and then they pitched a tent out there in the wilderness and says that Moses had to go into that tent and when he talked to Yahweh, and it was Joshua in there, that was gone over on Sunday. It's beautiful. But it was salvation. He was always there with them. He led them out. You know, he led them out all the way up into Canaan's land are the promise. The tabernacle pattern there that you see that was showing forth the salvation due by the death, the burial, the resurrection. 
So Yashwin Desai comes in on that baptism and ministry plate. You know, you see that he was the lamb of Yahweh slain from the foundation of the world. That he was always purposed. Like I said to you in the beginning, that pure spirit coming on out of that, manifesting, uh, coming on down, was this the reality, was Joshua Messiah had to manifest that then, and he had to die on the cross as an outcast dog. You see, he had to do that. But Joshua Messiah was, has always been there. He's always been here. You see what I'm saying? He's never left us. So right now we're at this particular time that, um, you know, we're in challenging times. So that's why I say he's been the savior all along. All of these historical events, he has saved all along. So he's going to continue to do that. If you believe, if we believe, he's going to continue to be that. So when he died this death of an outcast dog, that did not end there. For he pulled, they had read over there John 14 and 26, the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. He's going to send another one in the name of Yahshua, you see, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He is our comfort. And he will be here for us when we call on him. You got to know him to call on him. So uh, my time is out. I appreciate having any little words to say, any amount of anything to say, because I can only give it to Yahshua the Messiah. I can only give it to him. He is the one that has been my comfort. He is the only truth that I know of in this world. Everything else seems such lies. Any and everything we hear, politically, medically, everything. But you can know and count and bet on that what you hear that about Yahshua Messiah and what he's done for us is the truth. There's no God, there was no lie in him. He can't tell a lie, you see. And he says that he will be with us forever. That's what he said. And when he called us out of darkness, out of the churches, out of Lord, out of God and all of the customs and traditions that we had, he gave us an understanding of him. He gave us an understanding of him. And we're bound by our knowledge. You can't act at this point like you don't know Yahweh. You see, we have to act like we know him and that we believe in him and that he is our comforter and that he is our salvation. So with these words, I hope somebody got something out of it. And I encourage everyone to continue to hang in there. Just keep on going in the name of Yashua. With these words, I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. And for our final speaker of the evening, we're also happy to call from our Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Dewan Nelson. Dr. Nelson? Uh, good evening, class. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. All right. I'd like to say good evening to the class and um, it is always a pleasure <clears throat> to one, be in attendance uh, to this great gospel and to be uh, inoculated and immersed under this great gospel um, for yet again another time. And uh, 
I enjoyed the previous speakers. I too liked the previous speaker was sitting there and was like, okay, who they gonna call on next? <laughs> Just didn't think it was gonna be tonight. So, um, but as always, it is a pleasure to have something to say and an honor to have something to say about this great gospel and some of the things that Yahweh has showed us uh, by vision and revelation through the Holy Spirit, Yahshua the Messiah. And uh, I really enjoyed the class tonight. Um, all the speakers were very edifying. Yahshua was speaking through every last one of them. And um, I don't have anything particular on my mind. So I'll stay on the same train of thought as all of the speakers um, and just being in the space of being thankful that um, at this particular time in the world and even going back, even, you know, I think about this particular time specifically um, that we have come to, um, you know, that age, Yahshua the Messiah, when he came in, he fulfilled those scriptures, his death, burial, resurrection, um, was the closing of the age and ushering us into the present kingdom age. And so we have been, we have been in this age, or at the end of that, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine about, you know, um, being born in the class, you know, I've heard we're at the end of the age and everybody <laughs> pretty much who come into the class at, you know, whether it was the 60s, 70s, 80s, you all heard the same thing. You know, this is that we are at the end of the age and we saw things um, and have been bear witness to things that were demarcations or that indicated um, and that pointed to that we were at the end of this age and that um, at now at this pr present time, even more so, we are starting to see things in, um, I, th I guess the word I'm looking for is quicker successions or the back to back to back, the uh, things that you know might've been 20, 25 years ago, looked at as an anomaly or undeniable um undeniable proves that Yahweh is not a lie and that the things that he said that will come to pass um have been coming to pass and that um what it does is like the rising and setting of the sun that we have seen our entire lives it establishes faith when I go to bed tonight Yahweh willing uh, I'll wake up tomorrow and uh, I work from home, so I'll log into work and get it, get it cracking all over again. But that sun will raise because for 44 years of my life, that's what has happened. And that is faith. We have faith that those things will happen. And so now we see these things that we told, we've been told all our lives that Yahweh has made manifest that are, that are happening. But not just in the world, not the things that we're seeing in the world, but the transformation that Yahweh promised that would happen with his sons, with us. As you sit in your uh, living room or wherever you're at listening to this gospel, and whether you've been in here for you know, 20, 30 years or two, three years, this gospel has the ability or has the power. And the only thing that I know that has the, body, the power to raise you and to change you from whatever misconception that you might have had about your creator, 
from whatever state of peril that your soul uh, was in, but this gospel has the power to raise you. It's the only thing that can do it. And so that we've sat here, I sat here and I thought about things that Yahweh has shown us and that how he has gone to prove himself through the witnesses of his gospel. We have learned the previous speaker uh, started, you can go ahead and bring up that elementary chart. Um, started to kind of go through the witnesses that Yahweh has left for us um, that, again, just like going to bed, seeing that sunset and rise every single day, the next day establishes the faith. And that's what these witnesses are uh, going to uh, get over there. Um, this is life eternal real quick. Mm -hmm. There, John. That's, mm -hmm. John, John 14. Uh, Go ahead. 17. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. That's John 17 and 3. You want me to start there? Yeah, you can start right there. Okay, let me get myself here. John 17 and 3. <laughs> and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim, and Yahshua, the Messiah, which thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, now Father, you won't, okay. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize, Rita. I want to interrupt you, Dr. Brown. Um, now he said, this is life eternal. And again, we, we have come down to this school. I thought about the ultimate um the i don't know i can't even sometimes the words they 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 uh escape me over on tuesday uh dr lewis he played the lecture dr kinley and um that lecture one of the things that stood out right away with me was that our heavenly father you know, he operates by a particular pattern and plan. And we were completely oblivious to his pattern and plan. We, most people, including myself, you know what I'm saying, were just, com uh, just completely oblivious that the creator of heaven and earth had a particular way that he went about doing things. And it's a particular operation that is in motion right now today as we live and breathe and speak right now today. And that that particular pattern and plan, it does not falter and it does not change. It is the same. And so I listened to uh, Dr. Kinley, who we come, if you sit in these schools and Yahweh reveals his nature, his Holy Spirit, and what those attributes look like and what it sounds like. Because before we were kind of like, uh, you know, you see a lot of these shows or you know, with kids that are, you know, saying that are lost in the system. And, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine uh, as well who, uh, you know, saying who went through adoption and was raised by a foster parent. And she became uh, of age and, you know, an adult. And as she got older, 
she always wondered, you know, who was my, who was my dad? Who was my father? And so I remember, you know, this was a few years ago. She went and took one of those uh, tests that you send for and it came and, and you know, she went, uh, you know, forgot the, uh, the website that she went on and she went down on those websites and she ended up locating her father. He was down in Georgia. And she went to visit him and met brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles that she had, you know. And that was a very, very, very big thing for her because she had this desire to know who her father was. So here we are. We were in the same kind of condition and state, state of condition that we didn't, we didn't know who our true parent was. And we didn't know all the sacrifices and all the things that he that he's done for us to set us aside. We didn't even have the ability to contrast, to compare and contrast what where we were at before or what state and condition we were in uh, to, you know, saying what he's delivered us into until we were able to live it and see it. And so he put us in a situation where he just came and got us. Now, we didn't have to go and get a DNA test and swab the inside of our mouths, whatever. But Yahweh had called us and pulled us out right from the foundation of the world, was already given to him who his was. And it was an appointed time. That was a, that's a popular uh, uh, phrase that's been said tonight. You know, the previous speaker used it. And it's so funny because I was, I write poetry sometimes and that's the, the, the phrase that I've been on. It's an appointed time. It was for, it was an appointed time when Yahweh was going to introduce himself to you. Now you could be have sitting on the seats in your class. Like I was born into the class. It doesn't matter. You're going to come into a knowledge and understanding of Yahshua the Messiah at that appointed time. When it's time for you to, you can been sit there your whole life. He then will introduce himself to you. And we all come by the same way, just like from a physical standpoint, life. It has to have a male spermatic fluid, a woman's uh, egg. Those two have to come together, whether, uh, you know what I'm saying, whether uh, uh, it's uh, artificially assimilated or natural. It's only one way into that life from a physical standpoint where, the, where life or offspring is created. And it's the same way Yahweh has to come. He has to introduce you. So at the end of an age, he calls again, once again, came down, gave a man a vision or a revelation, told his story in great detail, emphasized that, and then shared it with his offspring, shared it with his family. Come and learn of me. This is how I accomplished your salvation. This is who I am. This is my name. Learn of my nature. We began to start understanding Yahweh's compassion, his love, his mercy, his joy, his righteousness, then we were able to see uh, the, uh, the effect of having uh, Yahshua in our lives as he began to change the way that we thought. Uh, things that were detrimental to our livelihood, both from a physical and a spiritual uh, uh, aspect of it. And just put a hand around you and remove you from a state of peril, a state of uh, death, a state of darkness, of ignorance, and illuminated us, put us, gave us light. When my friend, when she went down there, she was no longer confused about who her father was. Now she had understanding of who he was. We are illuminated in this space now. Now that we know, we know something about our Heavenly Father and cannot go back. So here in John 17 and 3, we didn't know before that life eternal was predicated on knowing something. And that makes so much sense because how can you desire to 
to obtain something or to want something. You want a car? You're going to go find out about it. It's something that you need to know. Well, how much it costs? That's usually the first thing for me. How much that car costs? Uh, can I afford it? You know, or it doesn't fit my needs. I have a child. Does it have? So there's things that you have to know. So here's John 17, 3 says, and this is life eternal, that they might know that they are that are, they are the only true uh, Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah. See, now, that one of the things that Dr. Kim did, he said, and he said, he tore, he said, now I've been talking to you and telling you and preaching to you this for over 35 years. And I've told you, and sometimes you think, you know, he was like, you would be in a space where you think you know, you know, saying, and then come up and have questions. And I've already answered, answered it time and time again. And then he said, now, here we go. One more time. Not the last time, but I'm going to tell you again. And then he began to tell you how we were always in eternity. He said that you were always in eternity. You never will be outside of the state of eternity. See, and I thought that was just so beautiful. Here is, here is Yahweh who took on, who climbed into a body. And once again, the same stories that we read again, we said this is a repeat. He has not changed the way that he's done it. He came down, sacrificed up the lamps and slain before the foundation of the earth. Before, before it whatever was, there was a death that took place. Yahweh, in his pure spirit state, as Yahweh, the Father, um, Dr. Lewis went into that analogy with, um, uh, uh, with uh, what's the movie called? With, with Morgan Freeman, and talked Bruce about Almighty. Yahweh. Uh, so yeah, Bruce Almighty. Yahweh, uh, you know, um, is one. It's a unity. How he, how he divested his glory, came down took on shape and form, appeared to uh, uh, to the patriarchs and the prophets, appeared to you and I telling you who he is. This is who I am. This is my gospel, my death, my burial, my resurrection. I want you to get that as well. Um, uh, how he died, buried, raised again on the third day. Get that for me again. I'm sorry about the way I, I you know, uh, the scriptures here. But I want you to get that for me. But he went into great detail. We didn't know these things about him. I talked to a friend of mine, and I often, you know, I'm a, I'm a supervisor at my job, and I've been in this field for a very long time. And a lot of things, a lot of times, where you are supervising or managing people. You would think, you know, it's it's not just black and white. It's not just, you know, I'm talking to them about the processes and procedures of their job. But people have, you know, they're people. So they have issues. They have family issues, things with their kids, things with their spouses, bills and uh, death and everything else that everybody else, including myself, has. And one of the things of being a leader is that you have to begin to understand or empathize or relate or be able to communicate to people. It can't always be black and white because then people won't, they won't perform. So if you have someone that's coming to you and they go into this, ah, this is going on, this is going on with me. And, uh, you know, especially over the last couple of years with COVID, strings of death, strings of sicknesses, strings of illness, some people are really really, really going through it, right? And we've seen even some of the, in our personal lives and some of our loved ones, they're really, really going through it. And the only thing that you have the ability to do, just like uh, at Gates Beautiful, and that 
of the lame man was sitting there on that, uh, you know, at the gate, and he was lame from uh, from birth. He couldn't walk, and see, he was asking for alms or money, and they and they approached when when they approached, they said, "Listen, we don't have any money, you know, what I'm saying we don't have any alms, but what I do have." I give to you freely. And that's in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, rise up and walk. And so we know that story. The power in the name of Yahshua the Messiah was able to resurrect that man. Now, let me tell you, in this day, in 2022, in this day, see, the name of Yahshua the Messiah, the previous speaker, the first speaker talked about, uh, you know, uh, the visitor, her visitor saying, why you heart so much on that name? See, but and she went to say, if you only knew the power of that name, you wouldn't mind hearing that name over and over and over again. Some of us, the previous speaker said, over 40 years to set in this school. It never gets dull, never gets old. He talked to me, uh, my cousin, we were talking the other night, talking about those angels and how they praised and gave homage to Yahweh, uh, holy, holy uh, Yahweh, you know, praising his name nonstop, how we breathe his name. <sighs> And that if, you know, with this COVID, which was a, an attack, was a disease that attacked the respiratory system, and so many people had to be put on that oxygen because that sacred name that we breathe and take for granted every single day was at jeopardy. They were short of breath. I saw the five minutes. Uh, was, mm -hmm. uh, was short of breath and couldn't breathe. And so even right now, but see, again, like she said, and like the previous speaker said, that it has to be by revelation. You won't know the importance of the name, but you lay there on your deathbed and you know, you're grabbing and you're uh, struggling to breathe. You're yearning for that life. Put the mask on me. Give me everything that I can to, uh, to, to, uh, to sustain this life. See, you would be fighting to call that name of Yahshua the Messiah, that name of Yahweh, if you knew the power. They gave that name and that lame man raised up and walked and leaped. He had no, he had no, Ability to do that prior to that. That was in that name. See, and so that's what they gave him. So still to this day, the name of Yahshua the Messiah gives you power. Because when people come and they're sitting at my desk and they're like, this is all I have. This is, I, I'm going through it, this and this and that. I'll, you know, say, I'll give them the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Listen, you ain't even supposed to probably do it in my position. You know what I'm saying? But it's the only thing. The only thing that I have to give you, then I give them, a, give them the witness, the same witness that we have seen over and over again. Yahshua's death, his burial, his resurrection. So we're going to go through those deaths. And that's where on that, uh, that, that elementary chart, we start those principles. Go ahead and go to there real quick. And I'll go through this really quick. Uh, I only got a couple minutes. Just want to go through a couple of those stories. Go ahead and read that um, one scripture that I have for you real quick uh, through his death, burial, resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Moreover, yes. moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and within ye stand, by which also. Listen, we're going to declare saved. unto you the gospel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, speaker, uh, reader. Listen, we're going to declare unto you the gospel. That's the only thing that they can do. Yahshua the Messiah, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Go ahead and read. By which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I had I also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins, according to the now scripture. Listen. Now listen, this is the gospel, how the Messiah has died for our sins, 
according to the scriptures read and that he was buried and that he rose listen, again that he was buried listen that he was buried and that he rose again read the third day according to the scriptures listen according to the scriptures so it is yashua the preaching of the gospel which is yashua's death burial resurrection uh um outpouring of the holy spirit ascension these are the this is the these are the principles or the witnesses that Yahweh left. See, it testified way at the very beginning of time when Yahweh caused uh uh you see what I'm saying, his his death or coming out of that pure spirit state. See, that was locking up to uh, a death. We look at this first uh this first uh uh chart right here, this first section with Adam and Eve. You see what I'm saying? At the very uh top, this is a descending plate. So at the very top. You see that uh, Lucifer is talking to uh, Eve, and she he uh, uh, was she was deceived and partaking of that fruit. And Adam, who was a type and a foreshadow of Yahshua the Messiah, was off to the side. See, witnessing this. See, they were given a commandment that if you touch that tree in the midst of the uh, the garden, uh, you will surely die. And see, so uh, Eve was deceived, and Adam, being a representation of Yahshua the Messiah, willingly died for his breath. Brian, that was a type of death. That's death in that place. See, then they came on down, as you can see, once they were naked, free of the flesh or consciousness of the flesh. See, now they are covered. See, Yahweh came in the midst of the garden and they was hiding. He said, why do you hide? He said, I'm naked. He said, who told you you were naked? See, they had no, no attachment or no awareness of the flesh. So that was a type of death right in, in the man's conscious, right there, uh, coming on down. The burial, so he sees covering his face in shame. They also got little clothes on. Time is expired. Last, the only plate. They come on down. See, that was a death of burial, and then through the loins of of the uh, of uh, Eve or through childbearing will come the uh, the Messiah. You see, many years uh, later, or Yahshua Messiah will come in. See and fulfill the scriptures, or resurrected, or picking up the man back from where he fell. So that death, burial, resurrection is a is a principle that exists in all of these stories and our lives. Every single day, you see it: death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. Now, the preaching mm -hmm. of the gospel allows you to understand and know that that is Yahweh's witness. So, just like I said, when that sun goes down. You have faith that when you wake up in the morning, it will it will resurrect again. So know that if you are in a death state or if you are in a burial state, this is the peace, love, joy, and righteousness that Yahshua accomplished for us. That we know that it's resurrection that has to come. So there's no wallowing. There's no defeated. There's no, uh, you know what I'm saying, no despair, no, no loss that Miss America lady or Miss USA, she jumped and killed herself. See, they talked about that's a stated condition of no hope, but we have hope mm. in Yahshua the Messiah. Thank mm. you for their time. All praises to Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Nelson. And thank you to all our speakers today and all our visitors and our visiting brethren. We're always happy when you come out and sup with us. We really do appreciate it. We hold our classes here on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now let us all bow in our hearts and minds and give reverence to our Savior, Yahshua Messiah, through the doxology, which is the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 H